You've seen David Coverdale's penis, but look at it now. Back to Creed A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me, as always, is my co-host Jonathan. Creed A to Z with pods wide open. Great to be back. Yes, pods wide open. And before we get to this week's track, we have with us Fergal. Hey, how's it going? Nice to actually finally be on the podcast. I've I've chatted back and forth to you for a good while on Twitter and stuff. So it's great to be invited. So thank you. As, as all all our new guests, we have to ask them what's your sort of Creed origin story. How did you get into Creed? Well, God, that's going back about twenty years now. So. Um, Back in 2001, uh, I used to watch WWF wrestling, and um, they used to do these highlight video packages, like they'd, they'd like look at a wrestler's career through a video package, and um, I remember they were doing all of these ones with contemporary music at the time, which was kind of new, because previously they did them with kind of like generic rock music, or you know, um, music, like just unlicensed music that you'd see in a TV commercial or something like that, and uh, w- one time they did one with this song, and it was My Sacrifice, and um, I remember at the time watching like this video package would come up during the shows as a kind of an interval thing and they did them on different wrestlers and one of them was on Stone Cold Steve Austin who at the time was kind of winding down his career his wrestling career and um, I remember just the song was so powerful and it, the, the lyrics to my sacrifice were so powerful at the time that it really stuck with me and obviously after that I went and investigated all of their albums and just got into them and like like I got to I went to the US multiple times to see them live uh, I forced my parents to, to holiday to the US and we, we caught them on a couple of different times and uh, especially at the um, Woodstock 99 festival that was my favourite mm-hmm. uh, concert by Creed and yeah it was just excellent and uh, it, was, it was really good uh, it's interesting because uh, actually um, we discussed sort of off mic the Scream franchise uh, quite a bit and we discussed soundtracks as well I remember them, like it's like the third Scream movie they had like so much like whatever kind of rock was kind of modern at the time and there was at least two Creed songs pretty heavily featured in that movie I don't know if you remember that I do indeed yeah I do yeah yeah so last week we did do the track uh, Full Circle from the album of the same uh, name. Now, do you have any, before we move on, do you have any thoughts on that album? Well, Full Circle obviously was the last album by Creed. Uh, like I have to say, like I'd nearly give this uh, album a five-star review, but there's a couple of songs on it that I felt were a bit forced, like Good Fight. I know you're going to get to that soon. Um, but like whatever you have to say about Creed, this is a harder, better Creed, and it's a breath of fresh air really to the canned, overly commercialised alternative rock that was current in 2010. I, I would have loved to have heard a bit more growl from Stapp on the vocals and a bit of a looser rain maybe on Tremonti I mean just let him go wild that's what he's there for but I do really appreciate the t- take it in your face kind of attitude it's quite welcome to me and I want to hear more of this like some some of the s- slower songs kind of get a bit sappy for me but uh, Overcome and On My Sleeve are just fucking brilliant and it's one of the very few CDs that I own and I have a shitload of CDs that I enjoy listening to in its entirety without reaching for the skip button constantly so every song I'd say could easily be a single off this one <laughs> A to Z, innit? Alright. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you should get like a fucking... They don't do podcast Oscars. But. You have to use one of those sounds that I use when everything goes like... <laughs> that was... Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Yeah. You're out, out of the dream. You know? yeah. 
Yeah, that, that oh, was, I think that, yeah. was, that was worth a fucking. Yeah, that was, that was worth a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to keep my face off off uh, off the <laughs> camera because I was like, <laughs> "All right." I like that. I like. I mean, the serious note, <laughs> the serious tone is perfect. Yeah, great <laughs> yeah, to see a brilliant album. Mm. <laughs> Creed. <laughs> They're not even. I mean, the, the best part about Creed is that they're not even bad enough. They're just like. No, I know. That's just, <laughs> just like this meat. I thought you were going to say the best thing low. is they're not around anymore. Yeah, they're just like yeah. a yeah. loaf of white bread. You know, a loaf of boring ass white <laughs> industrial bread. It's, it's, it's like if you're doing like it's like yeah, like it's it's like doing an, an unboxing video. A loaf of white bread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. So we, we got, got the got crusts here. <laughs> crusts here. You can do this. Yeah. You know, you can put this Ooh, in. Ooh, this one's got some on, cut them off. Wheat based. All right. Put this in <laughs> so a toaster. Uh, you put it in a toaster and then you can put butter on it. I think that's yeah. brilliant. You know, go wild with the, maybe a bit of salami. Mm. There you go. White toast, A to Z. Cream and that's not what we're doing today. <laughs> cream and butter. The, the funny oh. thing, I imagine there's like one listener like, oh, really? They're doing this? That's amazing. I love cream. <laughs> and like, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, here we are. God. Here we are. The, so the, the joke's on you, I guess, listener. Yeah. I don't think anyone necessarily fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can you can you fall or not fall for it? It just it just occurs, I guess. It just yeah. occurs, but it, but it was bril- it was brilliant. It was really good. I mean, it was convincing in that way. So it's going to be even if people know it's going to be a joke, it's it's still good. So you can yeah, thank the good. user on Rate Your Music. Keep it real, twenty four. Who yeah. I got it from? So uh, I'm gonna add it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So today's actual agenda is. This this episode will be dropped. Will be dropping on. It's the first of April, April first, if you will. Uh, yep. April Fool's Day, as you say, as you say. So we're going to be sort of blazing through the quote unquote joke songs that Maiden have created through the years. That was my title for for this batch of songs. I don't know. Maybe there is a more appropriate title than joke songs, but that's what oh. I could find in my head. Joke songs, more yeah. com- com- comedic, silly you know. tunes, uh, and and uh, by choice, you know, by design. And so we, and you know, I don't know if you also also on this episode, but not part of the Creator Z shenanigans. Uh, Mr. Henry Hewans on his back. I am, yes, yeah, very yeah, back. You are, yeah, yeah. You invited yourself last minute, so I guess you you enjoy this topic. Some of way. course I do. It's it's a, got a lot yeah. to do with Iron Maiden, sort of periphery Iron Maiden, and that's what I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So should we get down to the uh, to the list here? So we got to we got to couple songs to get through we probably you know we're probably not going to be analyzing the fuck out of these like we do some of the other ones you're um, not but <laughs> get down to go. business so we could get back to the business back of getting business down, of getting down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that was right. brilliant I, I might just say that yeah. <laughs> alright so I guess if we're doing this alphabetically which I think uh, one could probably say is sort of our thing on this podcast I think first up is uh Bayswater ain't a bad place to be would be the first up, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah? God. <laughs> oh, God. Now, this is a hidden... This is not like this is not listed on the single, is nope. it not, Sennheim? And no. to my mind, it's only on the 12-inch vinyl, picture vinyl version of Be Quick or Be Dead. It's not even on the 12-inch proper vinyl. It's only on the picture disc. Uh-huh. And it was mentioned before in our show because it has profanity, right? I'm sure it has. Uh, oh, I haven't really yeah. thought. I, I'm immune to that, so I don't really react to it. So I don't. But I'm sure it has. Yeah, it, there. Yeah, no, it's more like a fact thing, I guess. You know, I think it was. Well, Davis you say fact. Like you say fact, mentioned. but it's not pronounced that way on that song. But yeah, oh, I mean, fuck. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's a fuck. Yeah. Mm. 
So, I mean, this this seems... A, this is basically just a, a, a prolonged jam with Bruce doing a, a Rod impression, if I'm... <laughs> essentially... My impression is that this is... It's Janik talking at the beginning, and he's starting to play acoustic guitar, and then Bruce jo sort of joins in, and they... And he does some kind of... I mean, it's Rod Smallwood again. It's... It's not. It's a lot of bloody. I remember a lot it's of bloody, a lot of bloody yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, so I, I get. It's almost like his improvisation stops for a while, and then he he just go to bloody. Yeah, everything is off the top of his head. I think. Yeah. yeah. Can we listen to a bit of it? Okay, yeah. I remember. And this is what it goes on for, for like six or seven minutes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the old... Da, 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 woke up this morning, mm. but instead in comes uh, Rod Smallwood, impersonated by Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. And I guess... I, Ha-ha! I, I don't know. It's so much fun! <laughs> I, I, I don't know if this was something that Janik and Bruce pulled off in the studio. They just did it and Steve came in and thought, Oh, this is brilliant. We're going to put this on a track. I, I guess that's a scenario, yeah, because I mean, there's no one else in the track. True. Yeah. If that's the case, it's more alright. I've included that on a couple of releases I've done. That, you know, you're messing around and then... Uh, I guess this could be an interlude or a B-side or a filler or whatnot. Mm. But uh, as, well, a listener, as a listener, it's rough for me. It's rough. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? Well, I, th I think, I think it's, this is obviously not meant to be taken particularly seriously. Yeah, definitely um, not. No. I mean... I think that it's a bit, you know, I've heard it, I heard it for the second time. Oh, this is the third time now, but the second time uh, this morning. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's kind of, I kind of, it's kind of fun. I mean, it doesn't need to be eight minutes long, maybe no. not, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what I would, what I would add to that is, okay, it's not meant to be taken seriously, but then I guess it's meant to be funny, which mm. is even harder. Yeah, I, guess I mean, it if is. something is meant to be taken seriously, it's easier for me. If someone says this, you're, you're going to have a fun time with this. You're going to laugh with this. That's a harder task for me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and that's that's the weird thing. I mean, it's if we're gonna do this very philosophically, Iron Maiden and Steve Harris always talks about the audience, the fans, the punters, and that's all that what's important. I mean, in the case of these very jocular tunes like this one, and we're gonna get to Sheriff of Huddersfield. I mean, it's very in jokes all the time. It's not gonna be very. Yeah. It's not gonna appeal to a wide audience other than then Iron Maiden doing it. But right. it, my thoughts on this are right. It's only on the twelve-inch vinyl single. So by this time, vinyl isn't even selling anymore. Mm. The only people buying the singles at all are, are pretty big fans. The vinyl singles are the like hardcore fans, and the, yeah. the picture disc must be the most hardcore of all fans. Exactly. buying that. Why not reward them with something good instead of giving them this shit? <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's shit. <laughs> like, so, like, not only does this take the piss out of Rod Smallwood, but it also takes the piss out of anyone who ever listens to it. Like, like jo jokes aside, Rod Smallwood is not a public-facing figure, so we don't know what he sounds like as the public or as fans. He might have appeared on a bit of a video clip here and there somewhere, like, but no one now knows really what he sounds like. So nobody gets the joke no. apart from the band. So why bother releasing it, even as a hidden track? It doesn't make any sense. No. That's really that's a they, those are very good points. I mean, and in '92, no one had ever seen or heard Rod Smallwood. I mean, he was he was no, featured me. in the Twelve Wasted Years video, but that was he was very serious and very you know telling his part of the story rather than going yeah. doing the full width of his Yorkshireness. Mm. 
Good title there you got, uh, Henrik, by the way. I was asking for something better than mine, uh, than my version. Jo- joke songs. Jocular yeah. songs. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Jocular Be songs. Well, I, mean, I, I, th- I, th- I think this would weirdly work better now, to, because now, nowadays people do know who he is. People exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Things, so. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, just something like it's supposed to be like a little bit of like a joke. Again, this is not even a you know listed song. I'm just like this is kind of fun. Let's throw it in. And if it's just sort of more for them than maybe for the listener, I, th- I can get behind yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know. Um, I, but I guess you know I, it comes I, it comes back to Maiden using everything they write. Right. It comes back to that. Yeah. So they don't have anything to release when it comes to these extra tracks. Th- they don't have I, shit. Uh, the covers they have, which we've already said, are not to be taken seriously. Mm. But then when they can't even be bothered doing that. <laughs> then they go to yeah, this. but I mean, think think about like think about the B sides for the Fear of the Dark album. It's only I can't see my feelings, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's only I can see my feelings. That's a cover of a song of a the Budgie song, and then it's live versions from the No Prayer of the Dying tour, and it's uh, not in Donkey Blues. It's this song, this hidden track that hasn't really got a title, and then it's uh, Roll Over Vic Vela. But like yeah. th- to me, I think somebody said this before in relation to Fear of the Dark, and I can't remember who. So apologies if I'm not crediting the person. But they should have held back something like Weekend Warrior and put that as the B side, right? It's not a good song, but it wouldn't have been as hated if it had been used as a B side rather than this kind of just hilarious backslapping in joke, uh, circle jerk, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but definitely, <laughs> and it's a, it's that's a very good point because Fear of the Dark is is stretching. It's too much of an album. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is too, that. That is. I think they also had a similar problem on, you know, a couple of those albums where it's slightly, you know, maybe a bit longer than yeah. necessary. And I mean, the Fear of Dog would have been better without Week Weekend Warrior, and all the singles would have been better with Weekend Warrior Warrior as the B side. Yeah. So. Very much mm. so. You so probably have people uh, saying, "Oh, that could have been on the album Weekend Warrior. Why didn't they put that on of instead of the opposite now, which is yeah. like, why did they put this on the album?" <laughs> Yeah, the apparition could have been a B side as well. Yeah. That'd yeah. be kind of funny. You know? I mean, Fear of Dark makes makes a great single to me. The album, it's going to be Be Quick or Be Dead, and it's going to be a B side to it. But that's yeah. that's me. So. <laughs> well, so I mean, so that I mean, it's. Um, well, I, I, uh, I don't really know what to say. I, I wanna I wanna not hate it, sort of. I'm trying to be positive just for the sake of being. Positive. Disagreeing with people. Yeah, well, I guess, <laughs> yeah but the thing I, I would say we can, you know, we have our system, our list that has been debated if it uh, has any legitimacy as, at all for the normal songs. Then we have our yay yeah. or nay for cover versions. And for these ones, we can award them either a backslap or a circle jerk. And I would ever <laughs> award this one both. This gets both the backslap and the circle jerk. But trophy. that's very unclear as to what 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 happens. With and them. you have no, no. They they just get trophies, and this this one gets both. I don't think it's a good. You know, it's not like badges of honor. And you'll have to explain those two terms for an old man like me. Okay, backslap is like when you you get together with your shitty band, and you're like, we're the best man, okay. mm-hmm. and you backslap okay, each other. Yeah, okay, that kind so of like backslapping. An, okay, yeah. So like a, a inward mm. appreciation kind mm. of thing. A yeah. circle jerk is when you stand in a circle and jerk, which I guess, you know... But you all wank off the person beside you. Ah, uh, okay. That's how yeah. it works, yeah. So okay. they both kind of like in-group uh, in group bullshit, basically. Well, backslapping is when you make a bad joke, but you slap the person on the back to like try to emphasize <laughs> that it's a good joke. But it's not. Ah, it's okay, rubbish. okay, yeah. Right. I had a different <laughs> definition. But yeah. yeah anyway. Both of yours were... Either way, we could, we could just say... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. I'm, again, 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 it's hard to sort of like, again, this is just, it's like an eight minute, that's them having fun. I don't know. It's, supposed, it's, it's barely a song. Yeah, and, I, and it's, it's difficult for us to judge because it's, it's so, it's so much of an in-joke for the Iron Maiden camp. So I, I don't know if it's, yeah. what, what can we say about it? I mean, when we get to other stuff, there's going to be music to talk about, but there's nothing going on here. Yeah. Yeah, and I would add that we've got uh, we've gotten rid of some of the general criticism now, so we can be a little bit gentler with the coming songs. We already know that you know me and Fergal at least are not really into this in joke type stuff, so we can mm. we can set that aside mm. for most of the other songs now. We've had no, that set, right. Oh, some of the songs there's, <laughs> or maybe not. But then we had we had a that's why I, then we had a very good start. Here. Yeah, then we had a very good start because this one is the by far the most iffy of the ones, I guess. So. Do you know what? I actually have some interesting points to make about other songs that aren't just uh, all out and out criticism. So I'm looking forward. I'm, to I'm them. okay. Yeah, with that. it's okay gonna be. Gr- it's gonna be good. I've said my piece about this. There's songs down on this list here that have. There's actually some stuff going on musically that's actually you know worth mentioning. What's Whereas, next? Like I said, well we can get there right now. Black Bard Blues. Yeah, I think. Yes. Hello, are you in a band or something? All oh, right, sorry. No, that voice is just so infuriating. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I want to pull off my own ears. It's like, do you know what's really funny? I was listening to that today on Spotify, uh, just to take some notes on it. And I had been listening to the, the new Night Demon release yesterday, and the song I had queued up next was called "Kill the Pain." And it was never more. <laughs> That's what you need. Um, and after that, you threw on a bit of you know the Creed classic "Full Circle." <laughs> <laughs> Black Bart Blues, is that a B-side on the Seventh Sun era? Is yes, it? it's... Uh, can I play with Madness? Hey guys, are you in a band or something? I mean, I mean it would be so cool if you were in a band because you're driving a big bus with band on the front of it, right? Yeah. Would you like to see Black Bart? Who's Black Bart? Let me introduce you. I remember very early on when we started this uh, this podcast, you asked me, uh, maybe me and Eric, uh, somewhere in real life or in a chat situation, are you going to include Black, Bla- Black Bart Blues yeah. in the bees? And then is when I made the decision, nah, these joke songs are going to have to come together in a single episode. Mm. That's the only way. And I think that's a very good way of doing it because we still don't know if this is going to be on a very extensive talk or not but i mean to have e- that mixed in an episode with whatever other songs would be on b is i think it's going to be you know black blood blues blood on the world's hands it's going to be really weird so I don't yeah, know. yeah exactly <laughs> or blood brothers or something yeah <laughs> oh yeah blood brothers and black Bart blues yeah <laughs> are you in a band or something oh yeah. i really wanted to tear off my own skin like that was just like <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. but anything more on this song? There's Henry? a lot more about this one. Factually or factually? Factually. This has not been totally confirmed, but that someone actually has the idea must mean that there's some grain of truth to it, because it's actually based on an old, very, very, very old song that used to feature in the Iron Maiden 1976 set called High Road in Time, or Highway Road mm-hmm. in Time. I don't remember which one it is. And... For someone to say this, they must have heard or know the track and then know what's ended up in Blackboard Blues. And 
I still haven't really seen it confirmed, but it's the, uh, uh, what's the guy? Bob Angelo, the guitarist from 1976, who has mentioned this in an interview. And I don't really know how much of it has survived. But I think that's a very interesting thing, because that's the only song title I've seen in a very old set list that I don't know anything about. And it ended up as Black Bart Blues. That's, yeah. I mean, it's a shame, or it's very interesting, I don't know. If you compare it musically to the last entry, Black Bart Blues has more beats going, at least, you know, more groups. Yeah, yeah but that's a song. Well, it's actually a song. Yeah, that's a mm. <laughs> yeah. definitely. Mm. That's sort of, that's a, that's a big difference right there. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a musically not that bad, especially at the beginning, actually. Uh, you think, like, after that voice and whatever, like, but you think, like, there might be something to this. Um, mm. But then, you know, the lyrics are just complete smut, and you're just like, oh, no, oh, no, Bruce, no, yeah. stop. Mm. Yeah, but that's Bruce again, I mean... Yeah. yeah, and I mean Black Bart was apparently his nickname for a piece of armor that he bought on the Beast on the Road tour that he kept at the back yeah. of the tour bus, mm. and the voice—I mean that that pitched weird, very annoying voice—is supposed to be a groupie or or something like that. And yeah. would you like to see Black Bart? Was his sort of like the innuendo for mm. would you like ah. to see some other action? So I don't. In your endo. Yeah. And so then we have the Bart. following bit with the collage of Nico McBrain's just silliness. Oh yeah. Well, isn't that isn't the, isn't the uh, the story there? If I recall, is the, you know he was just him you know screwing around in the studio, and then when they were going to be playing back some of the stuff for the record company, they included that, and he didn't know that until. I've always I always understood it as yes, this thing this was something that was made without him knowing it, but that it was actually included on the actual release, and then when well, that too. yeah, and when that was made, he was just there and he didn't know anything, and he sort of was very embarrassed. Yeah. But I think it's funny, just funny, you know, it's, it's sort of delightful. Just that, I mean, the, my best, my favorite part of the whole thing is just him going nuts at the end because that's just it's just him being him, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's Nico McBrain. I mean, I find that a lot more entertaining than the in jokes of the previous entry that we had. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It, it was it was weird for me because the first time I heard the uh Blackboard Blues and this and the the ending bit was when I bought the first 10 years single releases in 1990. And yeah. so it was full. I had only I had already heard six or seven Nico McBrains just talking about things, and then I heard this ending, and I thought this is really weird hearing him. And it's not him talking about the song; it's just him being very silly. And but then I realized that was not the Listen with Nico Part Seven or whatever. It was Listen with Nico. It, it wasn't Listen with Nico. It was something totally different. So, so I was just gonna say I remember listening to all those in too short of a span, and I was just starting to get. I was getting sick. Yeah. By just listening to Listen with Nico for too long on yeah. YouTube <laughs> in a row. Uh, yeah. But I was going to say for this song, before you get to your point there, Eric, uh, that, uh, the, yeah, I mean, the riff is pretty cool. It's a classic blues thing. Nice bounce. Almost The bass is fucking... Yeah. It's interesting that it used to be a song, because I didn't know that fact until now. But that makes more sense because I was list as I was listening to it, I was like, "This is more of a song than some of the other uh, things we're going to cover today." Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I, I like I said, if you listen to uh, when I was in um, on YouTube, sort of getting ready for this. Like, I don't know why I did it there because it's on Spotify, I guess. But um, uh, listening to this one, I remember seeing in the comment section of this one, like everyone was like, "Yeah, the fucking you know the bass is fucking insane on this one. He's really you know, he's on fire on this one." And you know, yeah, it's really it seems like there's a lot there's a lot going on here. You know, uh, maybe more so than 
some of the other things as you as you as you mentioned. Maybe it's that same effect that we mentioned before that Harris plays really well when he's not involved too much um, compositionally exactly, yeah. in the track. And he's just a bass yeah. player and he wants to be a really good one. Again, one of my prime examples. I think I played it like last week, two minutes to midnight. The mm. end. He's just yeah. firing he's brilliant away in that song. Track. Yeah. Yeah, the Enviva version is what I sort of highlighted because it's a, mm. it's a monster in that, you know, in, in yeah. that age too. Like, so, you know, a delight to hear sometimes hear Steve Harris just be a bass player, I would say. Yeah, mm. yeah also, I, I always thought those Listen With Nico things are really fun. I really, you know, I, I remember... Uh, oh, no, I like them. I just listened to too many in a row. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that makes you crazy. It's a you good, over-listened it, yeah. with Nico. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are there going to be an, ep- it's an episode on, on L on Listen With Nico as well? Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Up for the bait, up for the bait. Let's, let <laughs> Let's discuss in. the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. mm. Well, yeah. if you're a dancer... I think that, yeah, this is... Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, the highlight for me is, so if you're a dancer, you can dance around his pole in May. Come again now, Daniel. What me? Okay, though. Små grodorna, små grodorna är lustiga att se. It's a maypole. Yeah. Black parts coming. <laughs> Black parts coming. Mm. At your Black window, I come. like a horror well, point I mean, so or something. Is it, is it suspension in suspenders or something? Sus- it's full on. It's the kind of stuff that you would, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it probably would not. There's stuff in here that might not, you know, quote unquote, fly in, in the, in, in this, in these, in the, yeah. in the, you know, in 2022. Medieval I mean, Bruce Bruce's wiener. It gets a fair bit of attention, right? Bruce's wiener. You have that uh, twelve, that clock pants, the clock tights. It's a yeah. famous picture of Bruce. Like it's it's one o'clock. His wiener is pointing there. And I remember in his early solo uh, uh, talking shows that he would start saying like, uh, "To be a rock star, you had to be tall and have, have a big knob." I'm neither. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his his cock comes to place uh, all the time. And I mean, even uh, he's like. Uh, uh, colleague uh, David Coverdale said himself that White Snake is indeed named after his penis. White Snake is named after Bruce Dickinson's penis. Uh, yeah, I mean after <laughs> David Coverdale's penis, but uh, Black Bart back, Black Bart Blues is, is so Bruce's Black Bart is Bruce Dickinson's bond. Yeah, it's, yeah Bruce exactly. gets the blues all too often already in that young age. That young age. Yeah, yeah, Black, yeah. Bar- not, Black Bart Blues is named it. after David Coverdale's penis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. The truth about David Coverdale's penis. Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that, that, that's a clickbaity kind of title for this. <laughs> Just call the what episode David Coverdale's penis. Yeah. You've yeah. been wrong about David Coverdale's penis mm. for all these years. Here is how. <laughs> what happens next will amaze you. Sing. So here's me to tell you, try to be yourself and you 
Uh, now, okay, do we, do we have anything more on this one? You've seen David Coverdale's penis, but look at it now. <laughs> Black spot, Bruce. <laughs> Something like that. This one gets a circle jerk, at least. I think this is, this is how this has this is something, something going on here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I think if, if we're going to be very, uh, because that's sort of my, my forte here, and that is that there is actually a short snippet from uh, Mission for Mary on the Black Bob Blues ending bit. And I think it's Fuck My Old Boots is lifted from that one. Ah. Yeah. So they loved it so much they had to use it twice. Yeah. What's the, next? Uh, all right. All right, let's, let's see. <laughs> that, on that. that one died totally. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> What's next? Yeah. Well, according to the list that I, that I just copied from the chat and I did not... Ch- Check whatsoever. Uh, we're moving on to Mission from Harry. Or Harry, or have you want to... Mission from Harry, yeah. Do we do that yeah. one, so, or do we... Uh, we mentioned it in the early it, yeah. years. In the early years, we went through it. I remember Fergal writing to me in, a, in, a, in our conversations that he was not a fan at all of this one. Didn't find it funny whatsoever. I'm afraid that is the case. Um, I just find it's a very difficult thing to listen to. It's a couple of people arguing and being really annoying uh, while while doing so. Um, and then it, mm. one thing I noticed that was interesting is that Bruce still uses his Cockney accent when he's even speaking backstage amongst the band. So it's not just for show on stage. Uh, obviously, Bruce doesn't speak like that at all anymore. So either he was putting on a Cockney accent back in the 80s or he's putting on his accent now because somebody's voice doesn't change that much in the space of 30 years uh, to the point that Bruce's has changed. So that's interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. That's a f- very interesting point because he did he did sort of try to fit in early on. I mean, he's talking, he's using a cockney, a mock cockney accent. I mean, yeah. on Beast Over Hammersmith and all that. So, and even in '83, he was still using it then, I guess. Mm. And backstage as well, not just for the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Because Dan uh, Dan mentioned this, right? It's the guy in our in our. Legion, that is the closest to this area, and he mentioned it also, like, Bruce sounds very posh these days, and he's from this kind of private school mm. background, but in the beginning of Maiden, he totally, I guess, tried to fit in, or maybe was automatical or subconscious, but he had Try- a Cockney accent going, it, which has nothing to do with his background. Because mm. his background is, is Yorkshire, so it's going to be totally different. So yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess, you know, it's kind of normal. I remember as a kid, pretty short tangent here, I was ski training, in, in Dalarna, the valleys and valleys and valleys and valleys. And I, I was doing it with this southern Swede. And at the end of the week, I had that rolling R, like they had down in Skåne, when I talked <laughs> to my yeah. family. But I was like seven, so, you know. Mm. I guess Bruce Dickinson was as impressionable as a seven-year-old when he joined Maiden, or it was calculated. I think it's calculated. I think he wanted to yeah. probably try to fit in, because he's very methodical about things. So a couple, like about a month or so ago, I was at our uh, the bar we... Uh, Tend to hang out a lot of us called Loch Ness, and um, a friend of mine uh, was came by, and he hadn't really been. He'd sort of been sick for like he had he had COVID, and he'd been sick for out. He'd been pretty much hadn't seen anyone for like two weeks. So he was he got there, and he joined me, and I was with another friend, and this friend's uh, this girl, this person is dating. She's from Scotland, and he was sitting there talking and drinking. My friend who hadn't seen him for two weeks, without noticing it, started talking in a Scottish accent until I, I I like I like eventually I was like. Dude, like, do you realize what you're doing? Because it, it sounds like you're making fun of her. Yeah. <laughs> Probably he wasn't. Probably he wasn't. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't at all. No. He did not know he was doing it. <laughs> she didn't yeah. take it as such. But it's like, but yeah. it because he did. It, it was not a good scholar. He, he, he wasn't pulling it off. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, so, when it's second uh, language, you know, it happened to me a lot too. When I was in Australia, for example, as we know from previous shows, that yeah. that kind of accent really weirded out my already mixed accent of of different variations of English. It happens socially, I guess. You know, 
I think it's Sorry. a Swedish thing as well. We are very keen to speak English, and then we sort of imitate what what we get back in that. I think I'm sure yeah. I'm going to be, you know, if I was talking to someone who didn't have English as his first language, I was going to start imitating that one's English maybe as well. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You're doing the British thing, which sort of either speaks for your age or, as you said, speaks for your fandom of Monty Python. It speaks for Monty Python and Iron Maiden. Yeah. That they taught yeah. me English. So, yeah. But also it was more British a while back, but that's not why we're here anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, j- just so people, people, I mean, if there's anyone listening who doesn't know, I guess we should just maybe mention what Mission from Mary is. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. really, I, I mean, the story yeah. is actually more, more interesting than yeah. the joke, let's say. The story yeah, is quite yeah. fun, yeah. Go for it. Well, Henrik, why don't you tell the story? Mission from Mary yeah. is, it's, suppo- it's supposed to be after a gig in Allentown, Pennsylvania in 1983, the, that they, they had this huge argument because uh, in To Tame a Land, there's a spot where Dave has a guitar solo and then Nico has a drum solo. And Steve had some kind of problem with the bass, with his bass. I don't know what it was. The rig, I think it was. Yeah, something with it. And he wanted to get the message through to Nico to extend his drum solo so he could continue to fix the, to get the bass fixed. And some guy just, he just told this to some random guy who just went all the way up to Nico and tried to get Nico's attention to extend his drum solo. And that's he was re- on a mission from Ari. He was on a guy. mission from Ari. And that's really weird because... Where was Nico's drum tech all this time? I, I think there's something really, there's something lacking in this story. Something lacking. Yeah, mm. but I mean, if we it, pretending it that what happened, I mean, he went there and he, Nico was upset because someone was sort of like, you know, annoying him during his drum solo. He didn't know what's happening. And yeah, exactly. During you are the only one heard in the PA system. Yeah. Some clown is just like, hey, Nico, hey, Nico, hey, exactly. Nico, what's up? What's up? Yeah. You know, of course, it's annoying. <laughs> mm. And so Nico is apparently very angry with this and he tells the guy to, f- to F off and everything like that. And I don't know, I don't know if it's, I mean, that, that's the story and that's where, it en- that's where it goes. And the thing is that afterwards they had this huge argument. Why did Steve tell this random guy to do it? Why didn't he tell his drum tech or whatever? And or Nico's um, point was why didn't the guy come closer to the drum kit and tell him? So that he could that actually too, hear him. Yeah. But I'd imagine Nico would have swung a drumstick in his face if he came near him during the drum solo. Yeah, maybe Nico was intimidating, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't want to go too close to him, especially if you're a nobody clown. Mm. Exactly. Like yeah, that. but I mean, if you work backstage with Iron Maiden, you're not a nobody clown. You're someone that someone sort of knows. I mean, that's you know said what? by you, a very nice Swede, <laughs> Henrik. Do you know what I thought <laughs> was funny? By was a like... nice union, union friendly Swede says that, but you don't know in this hierarchy. I, Steve, Steve Harris says on He's, he's obviously not an arsehole. He's obviously not an idiot. <laughs> mm. like, yeah, exactly. They're, like, they're, they're starting from the point of him being an arsehole idiot, yeah. I think. But, I mean, you might, you, I might be wrong, Henrik. I might be wrong, No, Henrik. no, I don't, yeah. I don't know where we're going with this. No, but, I, but I just yeah, think I mean, it's really I, I weird know. that someone, someone, I mean, somewhere around there, there must have been someone who said, no, you can't do that. Ask Steve, you know, or something like that. I mean, Steve Gadd, who was, I don't know if Steve Gadd was Nico's drum tech in 83, but. Well, anyway, let's cut that out. But, but I guess the mischievous part is that Bruce started restarted the argument exactly, once he had found yeah. his cassette tape uh, recorder. So mm. he started again by asking, "Well, what if he tried to get your attention because uh, lightning uh, the lightning was falling down yeah, on you exactly. and you would die otherwise?" Something mm. like that. And then you must have listened. Uh, Nico answers something. Well, then I'd be bloody dead. Or yeah. Something. yeah, you have to drag me out from under the drum kit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, I figure if, if that's true, if, if, there, if, there was, if there was a lightning thing, lighting rig going to fall on his head, 
he'd probably just pull him out of the way. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Not rather <laughs> than saying, point, yeah. look, look you, up, yeah. Bruce would have needed, or and the other, the other is not Bruce, would have needed you mm. for that, Eric. Yeah. You're a good moderator. Your I've said, I've said before, you're a good moderator. <laughs> your man would have been shouting, there's a lightning, it's lightning, there's a ring, mm. it's falling. <laughs> <laughs> and he would yeah. be like, fuck off, you cat. This morning, I listened to the bootleg from Allentown, Pennsylvania, to see, is there anything weird going on during the drum solo? And it is... It is a tad bit longer than the two other solos I listened to for comparison on the 83, oh. American 83 mm -hmm. tour. So it worked. So maybe it worked because Nico just became mad and just started, you know, hitting the bass and, <laughs> and then say, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting. They put it there for, they just thought it was so hilarious. So they put it on the single and that's very Iron Maiden. That's the first one of all these silly tracks, really. So I uh, think the most mythological part is that uh, Bruce claims that on the other side of the tape that Steve wanted to smash to the ground with his boot, mm. but on the other side were the riffs for Power Slave. Yeah, exactly. And that I think, would have been interesting if they had been smashed, you know, maybe yeah. they wouldn't have had Power Slave. And I think that's why Steve or whoever it was wouldn't have crushed it either because they respected okay it's music we're not gonna we're not gonna crush the music quote the village people you can't stop the music <laughs> stomp the music stomp stomp the music So next song is uh, obviously more tea, Vicar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. I have to listen to it now. Oh, God. I, had, I don't remember it. I did I listen to remember it. Can't remember a note or a beat. More tea, Vicar. I, remember, I listened to this today. Um, what, what's interesting, uh -huh. while you go and find that or whatever, is this is a, a thing that British people say. It's an idiom. So people will say it after they fart. Um, so they might do a fart uh, and they'll say, Oh, more tea, Vicar. Tea, Vicar. That explains, yeah, the phrase. Yeah. So I actually bought Wild Streams, the single, because I was very excited. Mm. Like uh, That was the first release for me that was a single from an album uh, since becoming mm -hmm. a fan. And... Um, because I had passed the jam as a B-side, I was like, when Rainmaker came out, I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm not buying this. Like, th This is ridiculous. Because I knew it was going to be a joke song based on the name. And now I wish I had mm -hmm. bought Rainmaker. One, because the cover art was great. And two, because there was like a couple of interesting versions of it, I think. And th like this kind of s silliness stopped me from buying Iron, Ma Iron Maiden singles. It was putting these types of songs on the B-sides. Uh, so <laughs> it started with Past the Jam on Wildest Dreams. And it continued into this. And um, yeah, it was, they, they dug their own grave there with me anyway as a fan. <laughs> That's a very interesting point, because to me the singles were quite the opposite. They had these very exciting cover versions in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I really like. I mean, Cross-Eyed Mary is fantastic. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but by the time I became a fan, there was none of that. It was all this shit. Yeah. Uh, past the Jam, Marty Vicker, <laughs> exactly. Nodding Donkey, it's Twats. Quite or a divide. <laughs> it's quite it's a, a very different situation, yeah. <laughs> Nodding Donkey Twats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
was like an insult. It was an insult to me as the, as the public. You know, it was like it's like they're they're laughing at you spending their money. Like you're spending your money on. They're like, <laughs> you idiots. You're paying for this <laughs> nonsense. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were insulted. I was insulted by your favorite band. Yes. So I mean, I guess I don't have to wonder. I guess I don't really have to ask what you think of this song. <laughs> it's not it's like do you know what? At least it's not like. I don't know, at least it's not like another Rod Smallwood impression, I'll give it that, or else it's not really mm-hmm. Bruce at his worst. But it is more fart humor. Um, I love that there's something you say after a fart. I love that. It's like, yeah, but it's like one of these oh, things where... Oh, like, sorry? Yeah, exactly. He has a motor, you mm-hmm. uh, But like, I mean, this band thinks slipping on a banana peel is the height of comedy, so like, I don't know. It's like, it's just not for me. Yeah. I see what I mean, you mean. What's interesting here is this is, this seems, this and past the jam seem like... Um, the music, the music bit is actually, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily know it's part of a quote unquote, you know, joke song. Mm. Just, just the whatever the lyrics are on top of that is kind of makes it a joke because there's there's some stuff that going on musically that's actually pretty cool. Something we're getting to pass the jam, right? Because I have more yeah. on that yeah. on that one. Mm. We haven't gotten. Yeah, we're we're still we have not. Uh, no, we're no, still on the the, the vicar of the tea. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's interesting that Bruce chooses to go into his his imagination of what rap music is oh yeah T. Vicar. All the clowns. Yeah, I mean, it's the. I'm exactly a badass stargazer. The, the exactly same phrasing as on Shoot on the Clowns, where he does some kind of ad lib rap thing. I don't know if it's ad lib, but it's a rap thing on more TV. And he also does this, I don't know if it's like, ooh, or, you know, all these <laughs> weird sounds that he does that to, I guess, to him is, or at least to me, they, I interpret them as him thinking they are rap, rappy sort of like expressions. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. actually, last time we talked to all the clowns, Eric, I hadn't heard it. Mm-hmm. I heard it when I spliced it in for the episode, and I actually didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty fun. No, uh, but that, yeah, I, think, I, I think that's you know, a kind good of, one. Kind of cozy, a, you know. It's like grandpa is being hip. Here comes hip grandpa. Okay, I'm a big stargazer. And I'm, like, I kind of and like you it. must know that like Grandpa yeah. was 36 years old when he did that. So yeah, it's I not know he really, was too young yeah. to be a grandpa, but he was, yeah. ra- he was raised by his grandparents, I believe. So he's like an yeah. old soul. But uh, I actually quite enjoyed Shoot All the Clowns. <laughs> I'm just going to add that, you know, not to be a no, hater. No, I like it too. Not to be a hater like of all. No, yeah. No, yeah, but I, yeah. This, I, I, I enjoy that more than this. This is crude. Like he, he throws in lines like, yo, bitch, lick my bone. Uh, past, oh, that's bad. Pa- past the soap, yeah. what sort of? I'm not down with that at all. It's like, oh, come on. It's 2003 it's here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's no. bad. It's bad. Fuck, it's bad. Past the soap, what sort of? I'm not down with that at all. What is it?
Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna say, and somewhere around that soap bit, he also goes into, I don't, I don't know what, which kind of words he's a... singing, but he's sort of like echoing jive talking for the beat. By oh, the yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. That's actually the yeah. only funny bit in the song. It's like, no, that's the studio yeah. next door. And your man goes, yeah. okay. <laughs> which is yeah. very funny. <laughs> what about that soap? Is that a prison sex reference? Or yes, it is. Definitely. That's yeah. my interpretation, yeah. Yeah, that's tacky. Very. Yeah, yeah I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Ill-advised, as uh, we've said in this pod before. Prison right, sex, right. farts, uh, mm. you know, all and Bee Gees references. So, you know, it's, yeah. So, yeah. it takes all sorts. I mean, the, 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 the um, I've never, I've never really been a, a prison sex guy. Big fan of, yeah, not a prison sex guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I never got any sex in prison. I don't know why that was. <laughs> no, but like fart jokes is never, even when I was a kid, never really. Mm. My, no. You know, I, I, I didn't get it. I think it was particularly enjoyable or funny or whatnot. So, this obviously, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not doing it. No, no. I think you have a better balance, actually. You do some of the in-joke type stuff, but at least you put a little spin on it, a little absurdity on it. It makes also, it more I, interesting. I, 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 I don't, I, I, you know, I, yeah. My last favorite is just when you thought it was safe to attend competitive cat shows. <laughs> cat show. Yeah, but that's not well, a fart joke. Good. That's a no, it's, joke it's, about it's, cat it's, shows. It's much better. It's much better. <laughs> yes, I know. It's more, way more, way more highbrow. <laughs> I guess. What, what's funny is this band's their their heroes are Monty Python, um, and like that was full of wit and an intellect, yeah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> and genuinely good humor. And you're like, yeah, but then yeah. none of that trickled down to them. They just kind of said, okay, what's base level humor? Okay, we want more of that, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, it's it's everything is. I mean, it's either Mr. Mr. Creosote or it's going to be the. The farty or the bum jokes. Really. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, th- again, this is also a song that maybe if it had been released on a Shinjutsu <laughs> as a Shinjutsu B side, <laughs> they might have gotten, uh, people might have taken issue with it. They'd been cancelled. So, uh, the... What's next? Next, next. Yes, let's move on. Uh, unless we have more there, which I don't think we do. All right, so next up is Nodding Donkey, Donkey Blues. Blues. <laughs> yeah. I could start this one, but it's a fun thing that we have Swedish Wikipedia that have some articles on specific Aramaean songs and even B-sides. And the Swedish one for Nodding Donkey Blues said, this is a song about a fat woman. <laughs> this is what I've written here. Basically about a fat woman, like a whole lot of Rosie, but stripped of any wit or musical prowess. Yeah. It's an old <laughs> lyric. Oh, it's it's an lyrics that Bruce saw. I don't know why he penned them back in the day, but he did them for a Samson song that has never been released. It's been given the title The Biggest Lay in Town, and it's more or less got the same lyrics, but they're a bit jumbled around. And it has a chorus that's sort of, I say chorus, but it has a repeated part that's sort of a bit So so again, it's very bass level. Here you go with a really big, the biggest lay in town, who also happened to slid on a banana. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Now, is this the one you had a clip? This is the one I have actually the permission to play a clip of the Samsung tune, but I don't know how to do it technically. And I think it would be a good thing if we actually did it here. Send uh, it not to Eric. Sending, yeah, it could, to Eric. Send it to me. Send ah, to yeah, me. I could do that. Of course. All right. So I, I think I can do this now. So let's give hmm? it a go. 
So it, this is going to be a part, I mean, the lyrics are all jumbled, but it's going to be something from like the third or fourth verse okay. with, with the, right. yeah. Let's do it then. <laughs> Lay in town. Yeah. So it's, very mature. It's, it's very mature. I mean, it's, it's Bruce Dickinson aged, I mean, what was he? 23? Yeah. Mm. I guess that's what, where they felt they were at. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Mm. I mean, they, they, Samson did an, another jammy thing that was released on one of these Sanctuary re-releases in 2001, which was, it's only called Kingsway Studio Jam. They do a jam and there's mm. loads of all this sexual crap going on. So... Okay. I guess that's what they felt they needed to have. But I mean, the interesting thing is these were lyrics that then Bruce felt he wanted to reuse in 1992 for a throwaway B-side. It's uh, isn't isn't uh, Nodding Donkey. Yeah. Isn't that name used in? Um, didn't they sometimes do like sort of in, in preparations for tours just to warm up? Yeah, they they did gigs, gigs like under that moniker. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if, it, if they were, especially before the 92 tour or whatever it was, but I don't know, Nodding Donkey, that, that is a slang for some kind of sexual thing in English, but I Must don't know I didn't how. look it up, actually. I'm going to look it up here. Because I know it's, a, it's an oil drill thing, that the Nodding Donkey is the thing that goes, you know, in Texas. The doom, ah. it's, it's nodding in that way. I don't know, that looks like a blowjob. I, mean, I don't know. But What was the thing I recently got to know about dogging or something? Yeah, but that's a different. Dogging. You go into a car. You go into a car and watch people have sex or something. Dogging. I don't remember. Yeah, but dogging uh, is just watching sex publicly in a place okay. where people watch sex so, publicly. Yeah, involving so, a mammal. So it's a nodding donkey mammal. seems to be a, a reciprocating pump used to extract oil from an inland well. But also, <laughs> it's. A <laughs> <laughs> that's, <very funny. laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Trophy love pump. Trophy it's love a, pump. It's a yes person who surrounds a totalitarian leader. So people are just like, yes, yes. yes. Ah, okay. Right. So no. there you go. So there you <laughs> so don't, uh, yeah. mm. well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. I got nothing okay. more on this. I got nothing more on this. No, I mean, it's, it's a very, very, not, not much to say about it. It's just one of these very, I mean, as you said, Fergal, about the, the single B size, I mean, it's a, I'm not going to say it's an insult to the fans, but it's a bit like what what fun do the fans have because they don't have the background or they don't have anything. Exactly, so. like you're like they're not rewarding the loyalty or the no. the monetary outlay of people who've gone and bought the album and bought the singles, and that's who these people that's that's who these releases are aimed at. They're aimed at the people who bought the yeah. album and they want more. And then this is the more they give them. It's just not very nice. No, it's not it's, very it's, good. What's no. the term? Monetary outlay. <laughs> I, I yeah. love uh, like answering a joke with they're not re- they're not rewarding outlay. monetary yeah. outlay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> this joke is not rewarding monetary outlay. I love that. Mm. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's true though. It's true. Mm-hmm. Down. 
ship She's got an ass like a gold tip She's got tits just like hot air balloons And I mean the Hindenburg She's the biggest girl but I'm gonna get there soon Yeah, you know what I mean She's got love when you want it But she never lets go when you get it You disappear inside I wouldn't figure that monetary outlay would be a, a term thrown around quite a bit in the episode. Supposed to be a fucking joke song, but there we go. That is the reality. We, but anyway, yep, it is. What's next, oh. Eric? What's next? Well, uh, so we move on to the uh, to pass the jam. Yep, pass the oh, yeah. fucking jam. Uh, okay, so this is another English phrase, and it's used to describe a relationship where you don't really speak to the other person other than to ask them to pass the jam. So you have no relationship uh-huh. with them at all. Never What's interesting to me is I, I once heard Bruce Dickinson, Bruce Dickinson describe Steve Harris in a, an interview as, well, Steve is more of a past assault kind of guy. And uh, I took that at the time quiet. to mean that, that he was a man of few words. So this is kind of what that's yeah. about. Uh, that phrase, mm, right. anyway, not the song exactly. I Actually, this is the one I like the most of these because it's fun to hear the band uh, go off the cuff and do something. You know, it's a jam. And mm, then yeah. if it has a jam... Awfully kind of you. What are you doing with this knife, sickness? Pass the jam means you're not throwing words. You can say that about a jam too, because you don't talk about mm. before what we're going to play, mm. uh, in which tempo and in which structure. So I mean, it's it's almost clever. Actually, yeah. I have to say, for and the I'm first time in this episode, this is almost clever. The title and and I like quite like hearing our maiden just jam it out. I mean, is it awesome music? No, but they sort of bring it together. It uh, is close enough, you know. I, I like it. Mm. I, I I I mean, I like it in the sense that it's. They sort of like, they, they obviously have decided to, let's just go for something. And I don't know if they decided let's record something or if they just were in the studio doing something and someone pressed record. But it's, it's done and it's recorded. And to me, it feels a lot more coherent than most of the stuff that Maiden has written the 20, last 20 years. In terms yeah, of a song. A yeah. song about someone falsely accused of doing I something. I don't mean the lyrics. I mean the music. <laughs> and... Yeah. To me, no, this exactly. is to me. This is the first example that they're using. That they're obviously using looped sounds because they're losing mm-hmm. looping the phrase past the jam at the end. I think I that's in mm-hmm. post, probably. 
Yeah, but it's still looped. It's still used yep, and yep, looped yep. with a regular yeah, yeah. interval. I mean, they've never done stuff like that. I mean, they have edited. I mean, Rock and Rio is full of it. But I mean, they have. No, it's I mean, definitely the only loop and a very crude loop. Yeah, at that. very very crude one. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote. Bruce starts the song, and he thinks. I think he speaks for us all when he says the phrase "Don't care." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I, I can still agree with that, even though I, I like this song way more than the others on the on the list. But I also wrote I wrote that it actually sounds like a Bruce solo song to me, musically and lyrically, uh, for the first couple of minutes until he says Caesar had some jam, and then you know it's just a fucking a joke mm. song, like yeah. <laughs> whimsical. But yeah. musically, it's pretty cool. Again, because I like mm. to Im- improvise with bands, I do that a lot. Some bands I have that never write or anything, or we never agree on anything before, because I think it's the only way to have a band without a leader, which is fun sometimes. Mm. You just jam. And hearing this, I think Maiden sound like they're in a solid musical game. They have good ears on, and they they throw in a couple of solos and you know some different riffs. Yeah. Uh, it's just fun to hear, but not really as a music uh, consumer, as a you know music listener. More so as a music maker for me. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy yeah. hearing them mm-hmm. make this uh, yeah. unprepared. Yeah. And Nico also mentions at the end that this must have been the first jam we had in. You know, yes. Like, yeah. yes. yes. Mm. That sounds genuine. So I was wondering, do you think this yeah. was actually a spontaneous jam that they yeah, recorded exactly. and decided to release and then they put vocals over it or something like that? I think I think something like that, or maybe the at least the end bit with the you know the loop addressed, maybe the other vocals was part of a jam, I don't know. But yeah. you know, very close to that for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Which yeah, makes I it agree. Uh, for me actually uh, you know, a gem. A little bit of a gem, this one. Well according I, to I, Fabian Lichtmeier on YouTube, it's a phenomenal song. So there you go. Yeah. Well, that's a phenomenal <laughs> song. I mean, he's he the seems guy like who a wrote, great guy, so I'm not going to comment yeah, on that. He's the guy so who wrote that Creed review, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody thinks this is a, is a f- phenomenon, so uh, there you go. <laughs> but, but again, I like it. That's my thing. I mean, yeah. there's, was, that's, that's also the thing that was weird when I was sort of, you know, you're trying to you sort of refresh my memory a little bit in some of these tracks uh, this, this morning, and I was going to, the, to YouTube, um, and like, Inevitably, on all these tracks, especially like you know, fucking more T Vicker and this one, there's people in the comment section who's like, "Oh, this is amazing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, like, what you, okay, it's the comment section, right? Yeah. But, I, but I was thinking actually, know, but, but, like if, if English isn't your first language, or let's say you don't speak English at all, actually, right? Could you mm. possibly mistake this for for a legitimate song? <laughs> is that possible? Like, or is it too whimsical Maybe. that you'd have to you'd have to guess that it's not a legitimate song? Oh, I think I think you could I think you could you know. Uh, yeah, no, it's not a possibly song. Possibly possibly jam. Say. I mean, again, the YouTube know, comment yeah. section. I remember one thing which it, it ties into comedy and humor because they're, Metallica have these pre-gig rehearsal <laughs> videos, and normally Kirk will throw in a joke and he will meet dead silence from all the other three. Like, his mm. jokes always fucking crash all the time. <laughs> and someone commented, like, Kirk Hammett is the guy that will pull a joke that no one laughs at, but then play the best guitar solo you have ever heard. And I was like, yeah, he can't do the latter, you know. <laughs> he can do the first, but he can't do the latter. And I'm a you're big Metallica a, fan. You were half right. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big was fan, but he doesn't play the best solos you've ever heard. Come on, he's pretty sloppy, actually. But yeah, small, like, small point. But I mean, it's also weird, because like, if you go like the YouTube's, the comment section YouTube is... Horrendous place, generally speaking. 
and that's that's also was that's was surprising when when I was you know looking at these songs and you know generally speaking the comment section was pretty filled with you know, mostly positivity and like it, it just surprised me because like they're not okay let's just these are not particularly well uh, I, mean, I think these aren't great Eric this song is so bad that the haters haven't even bothered to fucking comment on it <laughs> they're too busy know, shitting usually, on Run to the Hills usually usually you get anything up there and you're like you know like like it's like uh, like 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 one kid playing the violin and he's like you know like oh you know in a wheelchair <laughs> what a prick. Like, oh, you, know, you should die yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah yeah definitely <laughs> but you know Eric this ties into something you've said before Eric ties into something you said before mm-hmm. which was about our group that yeah so far miraculously we haven't had any assholes in there's something with no. the ma- maiden community that is very nice and friendly but somehow I've seen, but I've seen know. I've seen no I think we're also lucky just within even within the community because. I, I I've seen I've seen other maiden groups on Facebook and on YouTube. Where yeah, but you were. you just referenced these comment sections under maiden videos and that well, how, how nice true, they were, true, right? So. How nice they were. That is true. So there's something that about surprised that. me. Yeah, uh, what surprised I mean, me is because if you look at like the you know you know sort of proper real songs, those are way more. I mean, that probably actually now that I'm saying it out loud probably has more to do with the fact that more people are listening to those. Yeah, outside of the small, yeah, you know, <laughs> outside of the small and quite friendly, frankly, our maiden community. When you go outside of that, yeah. It, it gets harsher. It, it is like that. It's a but, very friendly community. Yeah, but maybe it's also like with you, Jonathan. That Jonathan, Jonathan, that this yeah. is. Um, I mean, these songs are. They're not. I mean, the, they're not the core of Maiden's disco- discography. So it's it. People are not going to be paying too much attention about them. I mean, they're they're a lot Only more nerds, upset. Basically. Made yeah, nerds. and I mean, they're a lot more ex- upset if they see a recording of the trooper from Argentina in 98, and they think that Blaze didn't sing it properly. But I mean, mm-hmm. if they listen to this one, and they're not going to be complaining that Bruce is not singing properly, but they're not going to be complaining about it being a throwaway track. No, they would rather be like, so, ha- so happy to just have more Maiden. I think there's genuine happiness that you yeah. see there when someone says, oh, this is underrated or phenomenal or something, mm-hmm. which it clearly isn't. Transcendent. It's clearly not, but I like the energy, you know. They're like, just like, give me more Iron Maiden, whatever it is, just yeah, give me more. And there's, there's, there's one guy commenting going like, it's great. I mean, it's not as good as Full Circle from 2009. <laughs> like, <read>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very, very few albums are. <laughs> uh, not according to Keep It Real 24 anyway. Goddamn that's Creed. Also, you, can, you, can, you can just tell by that name. That, I'm like, I'm not Creed. Yeah. All right. So we move, on, we move on to, unless we have more there. I don't think we do. I mean, there's not much to say. Nah, nah, nah. Let's just keep it going. All right. So now we move to the final track. Nope. Of Aren't we going to do Rod Ole Baby Bellas? We are. You are correct, sir. We are. Okay, so what's the next one then? Uh, would that come? Vic Vela, is it? Rock. Roll yeah, over Vic yeah. Vella will be the next one. Take, so, take it away, Henrik. Yeah, uh, I've never been a fan of Chuck Berry, and Vic Vella was one of the early roadies, and they made this sort of tribute song to him, period. We didn't hang on the end of it. We job didn't let go. We're fucking mad. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Go. Actually, I mean, uh, the, the guitar, the guitar playing, I love. You know, uh, Chuck Berry guitar playing is really cool, and it's just sort of you know, uh, put rings on the water out into bands like AC/DC and and so Definitely, on. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I love that guitar playing, but uh, the song, well, no. You know, I'm a big Beatles fan. They used to do this song as well, "Roll Over Beethoven." Yeah, yeah. It was actually called not mm. Vic Vela. And Vic Vela is an interesting character. I mean, he pops up in Flight 666 and looks like a really cool chap, you know. So I, mm. I, I really like that he got it. He got a shout out in a song uh, mm. and quite early on at that. But uh, I mean, it's sort of unlistenable to me. Is he, are they insinuating that he's some kind of a petty criminal or something like this? He's like, you want to buy a so. truck? You want to buy a truck and need a new VCR? Vic says he's going to know where they are. Roll over, roll over Vic Vela. I see that panda car, which is police car. Woo, 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 mm. woo, 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 woo. It's like, yeah, is he stealing I mean, these? Yeah. Is he stealing these items and selling them on? If, or what? <laughs> if I impersonate your new colleague, uh, your new brother in arms, uh, Mick Wall. Oh yeah. Virgo, what you have to understand is these guys were pretty much criminals. <laughs> they were criminals. <laughs> you know, they were a, ba- a band of pirates, basically. <laughs> they were on the take, Fergal. Every last yeah, one yeah. of them. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I love Mick Wall. I love Mick Wall. <laughs> they were on the take. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, there's, there's the. Uh, I mean. I'm assuming it's sort of like a candid recording of him or something at the beginning, and that sort of like being interspersed in the re- in the song as well. Then, mm. but it, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's about him. It's, it, he's digging some kind of pit with a JCB. I don't I don't get it. I can't even follow it actually. To be honest, I tried to make sense of it, but it's like what the fuck yeah. is going? On? Like he's digging well, with a JCB <laughs> and he's just, he hits water or something. There's a well or something. Like yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. And he was a cunt. <laughs> yeah. I think again this is a this is a case of this is probably really funny to like five people on the planet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they like were two all of whom are Vic Vela and like Bruce Dickinson, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three exactly. others, but yeah. maybe Nico, yeah. yeah. Mm. But like, I, I wrote here, like, it's same as the Rod stuff, we don't know Vic, maybe from some video, I'm not sure, but he's not well known. Not so, even, as a result, yeah. as a result, mm-hmm. this isn't funny. Why not just cover Roll Over Beethoven? Yeah, I mean, that, that. would have made a lot more sense, actually. Mm. Yeah. And that could have been used somewhere. Maybe some documentary about Chuck Berry might have wanted to use that or something, like down the line, instead of like yeah. just unusable. Dross mm. to take a peek behind the curtain. Or they could have used it. They could. Sorry, I was just going to say to take a peek behind the curtain. We had to discuss: is this going to go on the covers episodes or the joke episodes? And then I asked Henrik, "Okay, does does that include new lyrics or anything?" And yes, it does. So, yeah, because that's the way it ended up here in the mm. uh, jockster. What was that? The jocular. <laughs> jocular. Yeah. The jocular song mm. episode. Yeah, not Jockster. Mm. Um. <laughs> the Jockstrap songs. Jock Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a. that's Creed. Yeah. But it's, I mean, uh, I, Jock I, Rock. because I see why they did it, because Vic, Vic Vela was with them way in the beginning. I mean, late, ni- late 70s. I don't know, he's, he's a legend. Was, yeah, he was the tour manager, security guy, sound engineer, yeah. and roadie, and all that. So, drove the green goddess around England. And it's said to be, have, to be the guy that says, I quit at the end of every single tour. 
But then oh, he's back. Was you know? that he? Was that him? Yeah, I yeah. think that was him. Yeah, they said that in Flight Six 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 because then he was actually retiring. Uh, yeah, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Mm. but he said at every end of every tour, you know how you feel at the end of a tour. It's horrible. So yeah, I thought that was Dicky Dicky Bell because his was his notorious. Oh no, that was Dicky Bell. Sorry, yeah. sorry, mm. Vic Vela Dick Bell. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Vicky Dicky Bell. Vicky Dicky Vicky Dicky. Now, now is is Vic Vela still with us or is he? No, he passed away very recently, I think, which is. Perhaps we should keep another tone on things. <laughs> well, all right. Did somebody, oh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking shit. Did somebody take care of him for those stolen VCRs? <laughs> Probably what happened yesterday. Yeah, well. uh, Victor Joseph Bella, yes. No, no, I think I said a while back that he was a legend, so we're yeah, fine. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't write the song either, so he's, he's not to blame there. No. <laughs> no. Um, but the guy who wrote it isn't alive as well, so. There you go. Mm, that's true. But also, okay, he didn't, he didn't well, someone's. Someone's I, not I, alive. Uh, Someone's yeah. not alive and it's not their fault. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Happened before. Will happen again. Yeah. Indeed. Like sand to the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. So are the days of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> what a TV series that was. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yeah, it still is. It's still it's going. Still it's still going. going like, still yeah. recording. Is it still recording? Yeah, I think I think I think there's still like there's like thousands Christ. upon thousands upon thousands of episodes. Everyone everyone here will be dead and buried, and they'll still be doing that yeah. kind of thing. There are new episodes wow. that I have been subtitling for Swedish television, so that it's going. Go. Yeah, like sands through the hourglass, Henrik. Hmm. Yeah, so that'll be going for way longer than you know. We should maybe do it. Let's do a deep dive podcast on that at some point. Yeah, we can do that. fifty-seven seasons. Yeah. 57 seasons. That's insane. Hello and welcome to Days of Our Lives A to Z. We're going to start yeah. with season two out of 57. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14,000 episodes. We couldn't find season one, so we're going to so start at 15,000? 14,000. 14,000. No! That's, that's insane. No! Yes, no. Jonathan. Yes. No, that's a joke. No! <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Mind blown. No Mind reason. absolutely blown. I, here, the thing is this. I'm sure it's delightful, but there's no way. You don't need 14,000 episodes of that. Well, you can't or say that you? unless you've seen them all, Eric. So I Exactly, mean, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, you done, have you done the research at all? I mean... <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen, like, so I've seen, like, maybe th- two episodes of the 14,000. Yeah, so you're 13,998 to go. And then we'll, we'll respect your opinion. because they're going to add on more, I guess. I've seen, so I think I've seen three or... Well, two or three, because I did do some subtitling for Sometimes. them. And, I, and I then you saw them like four times. I had to see to them a lot of times, and I had to do a lot of research to try and understand the family trees, because everyone's oh, related oh. to everyone, and who's the uncle, and you're a good sub- who's, who's your daddy. <laughs> yeah, you're a good working subtitler there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardworking. I'm not, I'm not Unless sure I'm the ones working. with uh, Joey Tribbiani count, I haven't seen any of them, so... No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that was... Uh, that wasn't canon, was it? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've seen a few coming home off school, and then it's just like you heat up some buns, and you put butter on them, and then on, on TV. And what's on? Yeah, it's Days of Our Lives. And you're, not, you're not stoked, you know. You're not thrilled. You're as thrilled as Dave Mustaine when Eric walked up to him. You're as thrilled. Yeah. 15-year-old yeah, Eric yeah. comes up. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah here he, we go. He was, he was not... That, that did not make his day by any stretch of the imagination. He was not thrilled. Um, uh, and subsequently, uh, my, my level of being thrilled kind of was diminished quite a bit by how thrilled he was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say. But, yeah, uh, another show, if we're, if we're doing that, let's just mention, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention, 
One thing I did watch ridiculous amount of episodes. There's a there's a, there's a soap opera called Sunset Beach. Oh yeah, yeah. That also, that's a good one. It also went around the same time. Mm. Also has like thousands upon thousands of episodes. Wow! And I saw wow. probably easily a couple hundred of those because also I came home from school. You know, there's nothing else on. So there we go. Here, here, one interesting point about Days of Our Lives is John Aniston, Jennifer Aniston's dad, is in it uh, from mm-hmm. 1985 to the present day, and he's 88 years old now. He's still in it. Yeah. Do we have anything more about uh, uh, sorry, Vic Vela or uh, or even Days of Our Lives, or should we move on? To <laughs> I would just gonna I would just say that covering these fifties rock songs in an eighties sounding because they were still eighties sounding yeah, they uh, were rock band it's, yeah. it's a terrible match, match up. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't like even the, mention Judas Priest is uh, Johnny B. Good. Yeah, it oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I like work. that. I like that version. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with fan. it. I don't, don't see any problem with it at all. I like the key. I like the. the, the Do you like the, the key? key, key, key yeah. Do you like the key? Yeah. Oh, G. Oh, yeah. G major yeah. is a fantastic key. Fantastic. So I'm key. assuming at some point there's going to be there's going to be like a Metal Gods episode where they got to talk about that song, right? Johnny, be good. Fergal yeah. could be on it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Maybe I will. Yeah. Coming in as so a we're, true we're, fan. We're, we're, should be. We're inviting you to that po- podcast that is not ours to talk about. <laughs> Are you a fan yeah. of the Ram It Down album? Ram It what? Down is a good yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Are you a fan of it? I mean, I like the Ramadan, yeah. Yeah, because it's an album that's sort of like an in between album to me because I listened to mm. them in the 80s and then I didn't really know what was happening. Well, we're not going to be no. digressing Blood too much. Blood Red Skies yeah. is a great Blood Red Skies is a great yeah. part of Blood Red Skies is a great song. Hard as Iron, is that on that? It's a fucking great song. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good album. album. It's a pretty good album. It's a good album. steel. We have another... Slightly less good stuff. Yeah, John final Anderson. track. Is what is it even? It is a song about a man named Rod. Sheriff of Huddersfield. Oh my god. There you go. Oh, yeah. Christ. <laughs> now I'll but, say this. Yeah. Let, me, let me just go yeah. out, because I feel there's been... Uh, I, I, just to be sort of uh, on the other side of things, I actually enjoy this song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Oh, for me, it's like, uh, this is just like kind of, I love to have my 12 inch uh, wasted years. And then it's so, it's like kind of stained by this terrible B track, uh, B side track. Like, <laughs> I love that single. I love owning it. It sounds great when you put wasted years on. But in the back of your mind, it's like, oh, oh yeah. shit, they put Sheriff on the B side. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I have it as well. I never played the reverse of it ever in my life. Uh, and I never will. <sighs> Terrible. T- 
To this I say an in-joke too far. Apparently Rod Smallwood is some sort of belching, farting miser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that review more than the song. It's shorter than the song, if you don't like the song. Yeah, yeah more concise, yeah. yeah. I mean, musically, I do like the song. I don't think there's any sort of fault to the music, but the lyrics are, you know, it's... They, I mean, the lyrics are the focal point, and that's what brings it down to a very boring level, I think. But I mean, I like yeah, the song. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is based more or less entirely of an old urchin song called Life in the City, which is the line that it, mm-hmm. that it starts with. future Jonathan I'm just gonna say that life in the city was I never heard it before and it was pretty fucking rocking actually I liked it listen to those Lizzie guitars there okay over now I think the lyrics sort of like mess it up for me as well but I think still think it's sort of like rocky even though it's a shuffle thing that I loathe it's still no, I think do. it's loathe. yeah loathe loathe yeah point. there is a rumor they actually so, I mean, sort of tried to play this song live once on Rod's seven, uh, 47th birthday in 1987. I'm not sure. This is very <laughs> how, how the un- fuck do you know that? <laughs> this is very unconfirmed. That's insane, Henry. It's You're very insane. unconfirmed. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but insanity it's, is confirmed. Yeah, it's but it's in Long Beach, Long Beach. So it's okay. California. So it's 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 a notorious thing. But I haven't heard any 
actual recording of it so I don't I can't so, vouch for it I was just Beyond. looking at that birthday there what did you say he was 47 in 1987 he's supposed to be 47 in 1987 happy 47 that would make him 82 now that can't be right I could be right. He's not 82. He no, not 82. The, no, that's really he weird. He must, 50, th- he must right, be 37. Rather, sorry, 37. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, 37. Sorry, 47 must be. not as old as Jennifer Aniston's dad. No, not at all. He's in the days of our lives. He's 72. I think he's 72. Yeah, but that's a lot. makes a lot more sense. I think he's born in 50 or so. Sorry, I misremembered the quote. Yeah. He's born in 1950, it says, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Mm. It says here, not as old as John Aniston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, John Aniston is. And never, pa- never part of Days of Our Lives. Let's be honest, a lot of people aren't. Most people aren't people as aren't. old as John Aniston. No. No. You can say that to Camilla, you know. I'm not as no, old as... I'm not as old as... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, because there's a, there's a joke sort of at home about me being old. I don't necessarily comparing me to a fucking 90-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, beggars can't be choosers. There you go. (laughs) You can claw back some credibility there with that. Yeah, I mean, I also if I'm going to have his career trajectory, I guess I have to get on a soap opera like now. No, I want to. No, I mean, yeah, I'll never be on a. It'd be fun if you and me made a soap opera, made an A to Z behind the scenes. There you Mm. go. Super dramatic. Yeah, and you have recorded all this stuff visually as well, haven't you? All the time, all this time. So you have yes, the video bits for it. This is, this, is a, this is a reality show. Mm. And, and yeah. You can use your Jay Maskus wig, you know? Yeah, it's not mine. If I can borrow it, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. You can call it more A to Z, Vicar. More tea, we got! <laughs> Highbrow stuff. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if there's much to say about this, this song. I mean, Not it's, too much. It's the first of the jockier songs, if we don't count Mission for Mary as a song. But yeah, yeah. And it was totally kept, it was kept totally secret. I mean, Rod didn't know anything about there being a, this yeah. extra track on the single. That makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, so. That makes it fun. Mm, yeah. But I mean, it's uh, still. Some way, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun more as a sort of like an exercise rather than a musical endeavor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, there's some bits like musically. It's like you know, like I said, it, it's it is a joke song, but it's not like I think that if because I think if, and none of the songs thus far on this list have really proved anything. Because past the jam surpasses joke, it goes into well, something well, else. No, but I mean, there's thing is I think there's a difference between uh, sort of songs with humor in them and you know, quote unquote, unserious <laughs> music. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. The joke's on uh, us, I, guess that, I think. But that, that could bring us to the more general points, and I think uh, it would yeah. be good to start with Fergal on that one, because you talked about the Iron Maiden sense of humor, or lack thereof, perhaps. I, I couldn't actually hold back, and my point was like that they, they referenced the likes of Monty Python and all that type of stuff, but their own humor is just severely lacking in any, any wit. They're, it's never wit, it's like it's slapstick and smut, a combination of the two, and it's it doesn't seem to have changed over the years either, and it seems to be widespread throughout the band not just like Rod Smallwood like he might not have known that this song was going to be released but he definitely knew the rest of them were going to be and uh, he allowed this to happen as their manager this constant stream of like not very funny intended to be funny poorly conceived rubbish b-sides for years decades and I don't know it's just like does anyone find this funny that's what I'd like to know other than the people in the band and, and maybe Rod you know what it reminds me of something because it's Sunday today I have my history Sundays and, uh, you know, back in the day, there was only one guy in the entire nation that could make fun of uh, the boss, which would be the king. 
And that was, uh, you know, the, what's the phrase? Uh, the Joker? Jester. Joker? Jester? Yeah. Mm. Narr in Swedish, narr. Yeah. yeah. And he could do that. So maybe this is a bit of that, you know, sort of, you know, poking fun at the boss because you have to. Otherwise, there's no single way out for air. It's too airtight. Mm-hmm. So you just have mm-hmm. to, to do that. And my general point on today was also like what, what humor even is uh, because mm. it's History Sunday. I listened today about ancient Greek, like 400 BC era. And what was funny to them? And their favorite humor was someone coming up on stage and saying, hello, everyone, I'm Heraclitus, or whatever. This is the weird shit I like sexually. And they would, you know, bend over and laugh, <laughs> just mm. because he was like, I love this weird thing sexually. Mm. So, like, uh, there is this lowbrow aspect to, to what humor is. But, mm. but for me, I missed that because I was spoiled with Monty Python, for example, The Simpsons, for example, things that make you think, and it's still funny. Mm. So, mm. I don't know. But maybe that's the, that's the point. I mean, Monty Python is, is thought through. Is, I mean, it's intelligently silly in a way that the maiden stuff isn't. But I mean, our maiden were just mm. consumers of it. And they never have, they've never said that they are humorists or anything. They make music. And but they, they keep joking, though. They, they keep, keep joking. But I mean, yeah, but yeah. the jokes are always in jokes or they are, you know, general jokes that... Yeah, like they, they don't could really they not keep well, that for the staff yeah. Christmas party or something like that. I mean, do exactly, we need to yeah. hear it? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or fair does, point. Does a very the person outlaying yeah. the monetary <laughs> amount need to hear it? <laughs> You're still pissed off about having paid for these singles, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that also it's. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that are not currently on this podcast or. I don't know. That means that that, that sounds like it meant something specific. No, I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there are people who who, who find like, oh my god, it's so funny. It's 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 you know, it's 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 fart jokes. That's the best. Yeah, and there's obviously people do dip that kind of stuff. There's a huge. That's just, you know, those fucking hangover movies are you know insanely you know, popular. They're okay. Now I was 17 when I heard Nodding Donkey Blues. I just thought that this is a silly thing. I didn't really know if that if I didn't get any references or anything. I just heard it and I thought, well, this is silly and it's not my favorite song and I didn't bother. Mm. When it came to Sheriff of Huddersfield, it was, this is a good song, but it's about their manager. I don't know him. I might know him better now. But it was still a, it was still through their humorous filter or whatever. But it's, mm. no, it's, it's, it's I, I think, I, I think actually having an episode talking about them is giving it too much of a weight. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I think <laughs> yeah. I, I, these were not designed or written or whatever, you know, with, with this kind of scrutiny, no, <laughs> no. yeah, no. But when when they keep doing so many of them, and there's actually enough to to like compile a collection of these songs, then they yeah. should be upheld to scrutiny because they've done it loads and loads of times. Sure. Well, I mean, I was dreading, also, I was yeah. dreading the date we had to do these songs, <laughs> and I was so happy that okay, we got this episode out on the first of April. Perfect, we can get rid of them, you know, because yeah. again, they are not designed to do this, and it, it's really weird to get into. But at least it's eight of them. But still, yeah. the last one of them is nineteen years ago, so it's not oh, that yeah. they're doing yeah. it all the time. They have done no, they throughout the career, and maybe I'm not sure they will do anything apart from very, very long songs. For from here on, so I don't know. Well, okay, the last one might be 19 years ago, but they really stopped doing B-sides. I know they did them for A Matter of Life and Death, but mm. they haven't done any since then, so, you know, they just stopped I think entirely. They're, they're very happy yeah. that they don't have to do, it, do them anymore, I think. And I think they're they're most happy, like, okay, B-sides, no longer a thing. I mean, the Thank single is no yeah. longer a thing in that sense, so... Yeah, yeah exactly, you know, it's just like... Mm-hmm. But they released a few vinyl singles, but the last one must have been 
still on a matter of life and death, right? Yeah, the last last final second. No, but wasn't Benjamin Eldorado Brady, released? Wasn't, wasn't Eldorado released, or was that a no, bootleg thing? No, I don't think so. It was just it got an artwork. It was released on CD, maybe, but without B-side. Yeah, but I but know sure. I know I'm there sure. are vinyl versions, but I, they might be unofficial yeah. because I stopped collecting, so I don't know. But it was released yeah. foremost on an MP3. Actually, that was the main thing about that. Hey, we're, guys, we're gonna link you an MP3 before the album. Yeah. That was the thing with that one with Eldorado. That is okay. I'm just going to look at this. Like an actual old school HTTP link to an MP3. It was no like embed player or anything. That's how they released <laughs> yeah. it. That's, that's pretty ancient by now, isn't it? Mm. I remember they did for Matter of Life and Death, they did like a thing where you, you signed up some kind of mailing list and you, there was a specific Matter of Life and Death MP3 player that would like, like once a week it would add a new song until you, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's how you, yeah, mm. but it was a simpler time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Or not similar. Actually, 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 a lot actually more complicated, complicated time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's uh, that's that. I get, isn't it? I mean, we don't. I don't know. There's a hell of a lot more to say about um, uh, these. No, not really. Not yeah. really. I'm going home now. Want to do a quick rotation? Sure. Fergal, you got something. I do. Although I'm bringing up my Scrabbler thing here so I can actually remember what I've been listening to. Ghost. The new Ghost album. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was on last week, actually. I'm a big... Which I really like. Big fan yeah. of that. Just, it's, it's ghost-like. I mean, you, li you like them or you don't, I suppose. It's just some songs on that that are really catchy. Um, Slipways, I think, is the song that's really stood out to me. Uh, the chorus on that has just, like, getting into my brain. Can't stop singing that. Um, on to others as well. I went to see them there the other week, and I'm still kind of listening to them. Uh, some really good, catchy songs as well. Um, Marillion, the new Marillion album was out there recently as well, and I was listening mm. to that. That's kind of... It's not something that's going to register with you on the first couple of listens, I don't think. Like, there's songs in, like, five and six parts and all this type of stuff. But, like, typical for Marillion. Um, but that's kind of mainly what I've been listening to, I'd say. Right. Unto Others was brought up before by uh, Anton Brival in Bacchinar. I believe something around, like, uh, The Fugitive from Here to Eternity around there. We played the song uh, Hell is for Children, and we never yeah. addressed that that was a cover because I didn't know and he didn't know. Mm. Uh, our friend Melissa brought light to us, like said. Pat yeah. Benatar, is it? Pat Benatar. She also brought light to me no. the fact that Mexico isn't in uh, South America there yesterday, publicly uh, It's in North America, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I learned that five years back from a Mexican, <laughs> that it's in North America. <laughs> publicly shaming them, me on Twitter. Them all you know, Fergal, them all you know. Okay. It's all about this, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> like it always, always, always is. It doesn't matter what they maintain, it's called lying. 
You're lying because the truth is too appalling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who, who's that? Oh, that's Mick Wall on, on Fergal's podcast. They're doing more stuff right. together now. I can. I know that. Yeah, I, I can I, say I, that. I, yeah. yeah, I think that's worth. Um, yeah, what's the word? Advertising that uh, yeah. Fergal and, and Mick Wall are doing shit together. That's really cool. I think. I did another one with him there. I sent it over to him and he put it on his Patreon. So I assume he's going to be releasing it on Spotify soon. Although I asked him if he's all right with me releasing those as well. And he said yes. So I'm going to do a playlist of the interviews I've done with him. I think there's four now. I heard you mentioned it on the fucking check-in. The other oh, yeah. Is this where I ask you what, what what kind of circumstances this podcast is? Or do we do that after we have sort of like cleared this stuff up? No, we can do that. I mean, what kind of podcast thing is that? So I, the first time I spoke to him, it was just a general interview. I was trying to get him to take part in my Black Sabbath series I was doing, but I couldn't get him. And then, so I just interviewed him about his career because he'd agreed to do something. So we just did that and we mm. spoke for like 90 minutes. Then eventually I, I, I told him about the Black Sabbath thing, which was nearly winding up. And he was like, oh, why didn't you ask me to do that? And I was like, well, I did. <laughs> and you agreed to do it, <laughs> yeah. but you just canceled on me. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'd love to take part in that. So I did a Black Sabbath interview with him as well which he has loads of stories about. And then I pitched him an idea about um, like old rock musicians and how rock hasn't really replaced any of the legacy acts with newer bands. Um, mm. And like that the media and society is kind of feeding us old rock musicians constantly, whether, whether it's like via Spotify or tours or in Hollywood, we're creating biopics about Elton John and yeah. Queen and all this type of stuff. That's a very um, interesting And we point. did a two-part yeah. series about that. So I just finished the second one of those and, and sent that over to him and he's put that up so... That's all we've done so far, but he wants to keep doing stuff, so um, hmm? I'll just have to come up with some ideas. <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. I'll have to do it to, to have a listen. Hmm. That is interesting about the whole sort of, you know, legacy act, or, you know, or how there's, at a certain point, and it sort of became kind of relevant um, in a sort of not particularly fun way yesterday. Uh, yeah. As we record this, uh, Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters done. Mm. And it, and it occurs to me how many of the sort of people, you, you know, we kind of grew up listening to or watching mm. who are going to, in our lifetime, you know, just start, you know, dropping out. He was very young, to be yeah. fair. Mm. But, you know, there are, that is, that is going to start happening. And I don't necessarily know what is out there musically that at some day, well, well, well he's, you know, here's the next Foo Fighters, here's the next Iron Maiden, mm. here's the next. I don't know there are any of those, but maybe that's just me not. I mean, what's also happening economically, financially within the music business is that the most, like the Golden Goose now is the old discography of an old legacy act that's yeah. it so yeah. they sell they sell for a lot of money whereas new mm. bands that are really good yeah. are just yeah. really hard to market financially mm. hard to market uh, so, so what is like music old music is now bigger than new music and also someone said rick biotto said that the new songs and he counted new as like last 18 months i think mm. that was new they only covered like four mm. percent or something maximum eight percent of, mm. of the business yeah. which it's is funny, incredibly like, low we, this came up in our chat like and uh, it's funny like that like in, in the one breath neil young you know he's having this argument with spotify and people are saying well neil young is absolutely irrelevant but then on the other hand no, hypno no, no. hypnosis just paid him 150 million dollars for 50 percent of the rights to his catalog so he's sounds like relevance to me yeah. yeah he's far from irrelevant he's like mm. he's, he's simultaneously irrelevant and extremely relevant uh, yeah. which is mm. very interesting how yeah, it is hip and you said hypnosis is that the name of merc mercuredis company yes yeah, yeah. Okay. Isn't that the same name that Storm Thorgerson used for the artwork thingy? I think Isn't it's the that, same company. It's the is same. It okay, so it's sort of like merged into something else, or is as it? As far as I know, it's 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 the same company that's branched out into this now. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
And Merck used to work for for Rod Smallwood as well. So I know that's what Mick Wall said. He's like, I blame Iron Maiden. Yeah, <laughs> he's, 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 I know he's they're very close to your heart. I blame yeah. them. I think uh, he is, close to his heart as well. No, yeah. no kidding. I think yeah. Mark Mercuratis is referenced in uh, Basewater in a bad place to be because it, Rod really? says at some places he says, Mark, Mark, but you work for me. Yeah, what a fucking tie-in. Yeah, right there. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. I was going to say to Eric, I'm glad you brought up Taylor Hawkins because that's hard to do in a 1st of April episode. In a, in no, a jocular, episode, but I wanted to do it too. I've said my things about yeah. Foo Fighters. I mean, we had our ongoing discussion if we like them or not. Yeah. I know that Fergal doesn't really like them either, but no. I really wanted to address that it was one of the best drummers to have walked mm. the planet so far. And to die at 50, yeah. it was very noticeable for me too. Yeah. As, as a non-fan of Foo Fighters, it was still devastating news. And uh, mm. definitely rest in peace. To that guy, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, seeing yeah, a lot yeah, of people come yeah, out and say this, and I didn't realize that he was such a, a highly oh, revered no, he was drummer. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, he was amazing at drums. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, no two ways about it. Also, it's hard yeah. to hard to be a the, hard to be the guy who takes over the. That must have been the, the most intimidating. Yeah, you gotta have to be the best to do that. You know, the yeah. best. Which he kind of was one the of the best, best. rock drummers yeah. to, to date. I'd say probably. I mean that, that. I mean Eric would know this, but I mean when it comes to me and listening to some bands, I mean Foo Fighters is a band that I really like, but I don't like any music they've done. But it, it's just the thing that <laughs> okay. that something about <laughs> I, I like, them. You know, I like contradictive statements. So yeah, yeah, good. because I, I, it, there's something about them that's so perfect. But I don't like the music. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, and I loved. I mean, the, what I've seen from Taylor Hawkins and from what Dave Grohl does and what all the guys yeah. in the band does, it's it's really good and genuine. I lo- I love that. I mean, it's music. It's honest. Sure. Yeah. I, I separate Taylor Hawkins from from Foo Fighters, and I'm like I'm bummed out that he he's gone. No matter what the Foo Fighters are yeah. or what they have been or what they are to someone else, it doesn't really matter. I'm I'm still devastated to lose um, one of the best drummers on earth. I love drums. He was 50 years old. It's a sad thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you listen, I spent like all yesterday. We're listening to a lot of Foo Fighters here at home, and like, like some of the, like, I mean, for me, like the, the, the sort of the, the heyday for them would be like '97 up to maybe like 2000, I don't know, 2010 maybe. And there's like there's so much great stuff there, and it's, it's you know even, I think the, the, the album Color and Color and Shape. Now, to be fair, Taylor is not that one, but um, uh, that's probably the best sort of if you take that sort of whatever genre of Foo Fighters you know we want to put them in or whatever group you will put them in. That album is probably the best of that. You don't really need him so much on an album because you have Dave Grohl on the album. So I think definitely li- well, live is where he really like proved himself. Mm-hmm. Live, he was but incredible. also after incredible live. He, that, that was that, that was before he joined the band. Then you know, after that, he's been on all the albums since. Then. Yeah, of course. But also, I, I, I would like to emphasize how good he was as a live drummer, even a live oh, yeah, lead yeah. singer. Quite often, you know, doing mm-hmm. doing Queen songs, etc. So um, yeah. yeah. So, was, so I don't know, see what happens. I mean, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, huge uh, shoes to fill. That's for sure. Definitely, shoes to fill. I, 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 I don't necessarily see them carrying on after this. Probably, I, don't I think they, they will definitely. They must, but I mean, it's not going to be They're filling enormous. shoes. It's going to be doing something else. Yeah, 
I mean, my my, th- my my thinking is probably on the albums it'll be day playing and they'll just get in session music. More than likely, more than likely. Yeah. If I was going to do sort of my rotation, something I was listening to quite a bit before this drop because on Friday they released a new thing, and so they had a they had a horror movie come out a couple months ago called Studio Six Six Six, and they recorded an album under a fake band name called Dream Yeah, it's like a thrash metal. And that's I think it's actually just day playing. It's actually pretty good. So it's uh, that's, that's fun. I have been listening to a few, I have a few albums by this uh, 80s, well, 80s is still going, but I mean, by Dead Can Dance. It's a band that I really like. It's, oh, yeah, I know those guys. Yeah. Uh, I know that Trey Asag thought in Morbid Angel is a big fan. It's sort of a post rocky, goth rocky synth. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, um, I think they were playing in Ireland a while back. Or that's, I saw something and I was like, who is this? I just really liked the name, actually, and I went yeah. to investigate them. Um, it's a cool band. Yeah. It's a cool band, and I do like I do like a lot of stuff. And I mean, the album the albums are a bit hit and miss. I mean, some stuff is fantastic, and some is wow. I don't know about this, but I mean, it's I, because I bought a few albums recently, and I think that well, I had to listen to them. So I guess that's what I've been trying to listen to in the downtime the last yeah. weeks. Yeah. Uh, for me, I got the three vinyl here. Um, we have the Shadows, sixties band. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is oh, a single. Really called uh, The Savage and uh, B-side would be Peace Pipe and they are like a big influence for Tony Iommi mm. this band I like instrumental oh, yeah, music the shadows, and, yeah. I, and I like Tony Iommi they're mm. probably most famous for the Apache tune Apache but, yeah. Yeah, for me it's, it's right up my alley I, I love it you know strong recommend and we have uh, mm-hmm. the Purple Stormbringer in here oh, nice it's sort of a classic uh, the opening on the B-side Lady Double Dealer apparently the song for the audition yeah. to Maiden mm-hmm. with Interesting tidbit there, and the last we got UFO Force It, which is a great album if you're into Michael Schenker's guitar playing. If you're into, into innuendos with titles, I thought you were gonna say, <laughs> huh? If you're into innuendos with titles, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the title is terrible, <laughs> yeah. Force It, it's yeah. a terrible title, uh, <laughs> but it's a really cool album. Let It Roll, the opener is great, mm. um, plenty of good song- songs on this one. There's been many uh, innuendo today, yeah, yeah. Did, are they recent purchases? Um, uh, or just no, recent? Uh, recent dig outs from my own crate. Because mm-hmm. I have these phases when I buy a lot and then I don't have time to listen to it all. And now I have a phase where I buy niche and I go back and see, you know, what did I miss in my well, own collection? You should, you should tag along on the 23rd yeah, of April. I'm that. Going, there's a Huid Mesa a record fair in uh, Solga. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I can go there. I could start a new wave of buying again, I guess. Mm. You know, new you wave of yes. buying heavy metal. New wobum. New wave of buying heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last time I was there was fun. That was 2000, like 2019. And then, then, you know, I don't know if you know, but they, they canceled the year after. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, no. I don't have a um, clue. Uh, yeah, so that's usually fun. So, you know, if you want to want to tag along mm-hmm. to that, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's it. Um, do we have any other things we've got to. I think we've. We don't really have any housekeeping, do we? Or maybe we do, but... We're on the Deep Dive Podcast Network, Deep Dive Pod uh, 
uh, fuck, I keep forgetting the, the, the actual URL. But we're on that network. You can find it on Twitter, which I guess is the best way to find it anyway. There is this WordPress site, deeplypodnetwork.com. I will take a venture guess would be the address. I, I, I actually got it here. Hold on. Deep Dive, pod, deep dive pod Network or deepdivepodcastnetwork.com. Either or. It's deepdivepodcastnetwork.com. There we go. Finally right after <laughs> 10 attempts. Let me, let me see here. Do they... They spell your name uh, wrong. They spell your name with a K, with a C. Yeah, there we go. Well, what are you going to do? Eric E to C. Also, I think that Eric E, well, yeah. Also, Monday this week, I was on Deep Purple podcast for the first time. Mm. How was that? Yeah, it was fun. We talked about the tie-ins between Deep Purple and Iron Maiden, which there are a few of those. There are loads of them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've never actually listened to that. Uh, what's but the, I might what's start with that one whenever yeah, it comes what, It's a really good one if you're like into what podcast? some kind of minutiose detail, mm-hmm. but still relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. so it's very well rehearsed. Re- rehearsed? Not rehearsed. It's not rehearsed at all, but it's very well researched. Ah, uh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I like I quite like Deep Purple. Like, I'd be familiar with most of their stuff, but um, it's the quantity of episodes I think that kind of deters me. I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I got in at episode. I got in at number six. You know, so what are they on now? Like over hundred or something? Yeah, 150 plus. I've been oh. listening for three years to those guys, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's daunting. I get it. It's daunting to get on. And especially since you already have your list of pods. For me, that was yeah. one of the first of this kind. Mm. So then, you know, you become a huge fan. Okay. Well, that's it then. Uh, until next time. Until next time. Well, like, do you have anything? Do you, wait, wait, do you have any? Do you have any uh, maybe you already did. Do you, do you have anything you want to plug for any of your shows, Virgil? Or you probably mentioned them. Oh, them. um well, yeah, Feckin' Metal and the Feckin' Check-In. If you want to have a look, you'll find them anywhere you look, most likely. There you go. go. Feckin' Metal is about heavy metal. And you? Obviously. And the shy talks are coming. <laughs> Flying they, low. They are. Actually, I was conducting that research about Irish slang for a future episode of the Feckin' Check-In, in case you're interested, so that's oh, yeah. coming as well. Okay. Irish slang, I'm, I'll be glad to know more about. So uh, I'll start this off, Eric. Uh, I'm just going to say... Sure. Uh, the Irons. And Skull from the North. Slancha. Mm-hmm. Slancha Iron.